Hello and welcome to the Mindful Entrepreneur Podcast, brought to you by Conscious Creatives, digital advertising for businesses that want to make the world a better place. I'm your host, Mark Roberts, CEO. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mindful Entrepreneur Podcast. On today's show, we are going to be discussing how to start a yoga business. I have been joined once again uh, by somebody who's much more knowledgeable than I am. Uh, today I've got Christine from Yoga Berry and she's going to talk us through her journey uh, to becoming a yoga teacher and then some of the things she's up to right now. Christine, hello. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it is an absolute pleasure. So today we're going to talk about starting a yoga business. Um, but before we get into the kind of the businessy side of it all, uh, I just kind of want to know how you got started in yoga in the first place. Um, well, my yoga journey began probably about 12, 13 years ago um, when I moved to London. I'm originally from Germany. And I just fell in love with yoga. I, I, I've got scoliosis, so I've got uh, lots of issues with my back. Okay. Um, and started yoga and found that it really helped me, not only from a physical point of view. So my back um, improved and I, I found lots of ways how I can help myself. Um, but also kind of the, um, the mental side of it. I felt more relaxed. I just felt more secure in myself so I just fell in love with it and then continued practicing um, and then probably about 10 years later I decided to become a yoga teacher so that's kind of what happened um, so would you yeah, say that it, would you say that you sort of moved into teaching as almost a natural progression from just wanting to learn more about the practice or have you always kind of thought that you know teaching was something you wanted to do um, no, because my background is um, something completely different. I was working in the hotel industry. Okay. Um, so that's what I originally learned. That's what I did for a long time. Um, I worked in sales and marketing for hotels. So I was selling, selling luxury holidays um, in the Maldives, in Mauritius, in the Seychelles. Nice. Uh, so something completely different, working in travel, quite, you know, quite a glamorous job and meeting lots of people and uh, traveling quite a bit in the UK and out to the locations, obviously. So yoga was always kind of something that was on the side, um, something that just helped me with getting through life at the end of the day. And uh, then when I had my children, I've got two kids, which are now three and five, um, but yoga really was a part of the pregnancies, obviously, it helped me uh, getting through birth, which is, you know, quite a big thing, obviously, as well. Um, and then I, after that, I kind of decided that it was, it was time for me to pass some of that on, some of those amazing benefits that I got from yoga um, to other people. Excellent. So, yeah, I mean, it always intrigues me because, you know, as certainly myself early on in my yoga practitioner, life you know I'm, there's so much information out there and it's so easy to you know just want to learn and get so much knowledge around yoga um, mm. and even though I don't particularly 
necessarily want to be a teacher, like just learning about how to be a teacher gives you a, a great practice. Um, so when did you start your uh, yoga business then? How long have you been like running under Yoga Berry? Um, under Yoga Berry, uh, three years now. So I started um, as a blog. So I started my website just oh, as a blog. Okay. Um, just kind of, um, you know, just about my yoga journey of becoming a yoga teacher. Mm. Um, and again, just becoming a yoga teacher, it, it was, it, it comes more from a place of just wanting to know more. I've, you know, I've done all the, the workshops and tried different styles of yoga and all of that. But I think it's only really in the teacher training when you get um, a much deeper knowledge of of um, yoga mm. and, and of what it's all about. Um, so yeah, I started just with a blog, just writing about this this um, journey of, of becoming a yoga teacher. And then halfway through my teacher training, I started um, teaching actual classes, mm -hmm. not for money in the beginning. I just asked for a donation basically because I was just still practicing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, when I qualified, obviously, then I really could actually charge for my classes <laughs> as well and, and could uh, make a business out of it. Amazing. Now, one thing I'm fascinated by is the actual qualifications of a yoga teacher because there seems to be so many options. Um, oh, yes. So what, what did you choose and what made you go down that route? Um, now... First of all, there's so many styles of yoga, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, it, it's just if you go to, you know, try yoga in London is is quite a big place and yeah, a yeah. Good place to start because you can pretty much discover all sorts of different styles of yoga, which is what I did. Um, so I I tried them pretty much all, I would say, <laughs> and um, I, I just couldn't decide for one thing that <laughs> it's just you know I, I'm not okay I did Ashtanga for a long time but then I found actually for my scoliosis it wasn't that great um, and I'm sure a lot of uh, Ashtangis will scream now and say yes of course it is great it depends on how you approach it but you know what I mean you know it just wasn't what I wanted to do yeah um, and so I, I just kept trying different styles and then I thought for my teacher training I want to keep it very general mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I went for um, uh, Hatha yoga but the the teacher my teacher Claire Weatherly was very um, inspired by the Iyengar um, training and her teacher was um, directly trained by um, BKS Iyengar Wow. Um, so the very alignment uh, based yoga. So mm. I thought this would be a great place to start. And then obviously I'm, I'm bringing in all of my previous experience. I love um, Scaravelli yoga. Um, I still love uh, the, the pure Iyengar yoga as well. And, you know, I, you can always I don't think you have to stick to one thing and that's it. Then mm. I think you can take what you love about different styles of yoga and then you know kind of create your own thing yeah I mean that's one of the most amazing thing that I've experienced so far working and having conversations with different yoga teachers is that from each conversation I'll learn something different um, and it will really give me that opportunity to explore something else um, 
normally philosophically actually more than just like any kind of different movement base but normally the just at the core philosophy there's 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 beautiful slight differences um so i mean for me i completely understand that having to find something that worked for you but at the same time you know open yourself to that opportunity of exploring um the different bits and pieces so you you've done your you know you've done your stuff you've got yourself qualified You've done, I mean, for me, like as a digital advertiser, starting a blog and offering free classes is like the best thing that you could have said, (laughs) Um, because that's pretty much what, you know, we would advise anyone if they're not sure, if they're, you know, dipping their toe, just document, you know, just show the journey uh, of what you're doing. And a blog is a great place to do that. Um, Obviously, nowadays, video blogging is another great way of doing that. Um, If you're more comfortable with a camera uh, than writing. Uh, but you know, just documenting that process is awesome. So, mm. so you've gone from the blog. Um, so I'm guessing then that you started to have people kind of visit that and start to, you know, build that kind of engagement around that. Um, yes. Um, first of all, that for me also the the very big thing um, was that okay, I am uh, on this yoga journey, but I'm also a mother, and that's that that is quite. <laughs> It's a huge thing in my life, yeah. obviously. And um, so in my blog, it wasn't only about yoga, but it, it was also about, you know, um, how I manage my, my time around the children. Obviously, then when I started, my son was nine months old. Wow. Um, you know, my, um, my youngest, uh, my eldest wasn't in nursery yet. Um, so I didn't actually have that much time for myself. And uh, just kind of that, like, just bringing bits and pieces of yoga in into our family life, you know, um, healthy eating and all of that, managing tantrums. So a lot of my <laughs> blog posts were about, you know, how I actually got through the day, <laughs> and uh, you know, all the all the crazy things that happen during the day, and you know, th- there's obviously days when you everything goes wrong, and and um, the kids are just all over the place and, um, you know, turning things that were completely wrong kind of into something positive. So a lot of my blog posts are about this as well. I mean, I think that's um, another brilliant uh, accidental, perfectly placed uh, marketing tip that you've got there, which is, <laughs> you know, adding, you know, that personal aspect of you know why you're telling the story and for your case it was you know opening up and being vulnerable about the difficulties of trying to raise kids learn to teach yoga you know do all of these things you know even just writing the blog in itself you know finding the time and the energy to to dedicate to that as well so I can see why it got picked up quite quickly um so from you know doing that and you've got your free classes and Mm -hmm. you know um you're kind of you've got this base content and you know you're building this brand now slowly but surely um what in terms of like actually going out and teaching classes what did you do first did you find uh studios that were looking for teachers did you try and do your own thing out the gate what did you find worked for you um well because i was still in my um teacher training i didn't I don't know if you could actually approach a yoga studio. I don't know. I just, I didn't feel comfortable, I guess, doing that. Mm-hmm. So I thought what I do is I hire a venue, not very expensive. Um, I get some people together, 
say that I'm I'm offering free classes. If you know, if you want to give a few pounds to help me cover the cost of the room, um, then that's great. But if you just want to to come and experience it, then that's that's fine as well. And um, yeah, that that actually worked really well for me. And um, you know, obviously I because I, I had to build up my confidence in the beginning to to start teaching because practicing yoga and then all of a sudden talking about it and teaching it to other people yeah um who come with their own bodies obviously of course and, yeah which is very different from mine and and everyone has got different reasons why they come to yoga um you know everybody has got different body awareness and it, it's quite a big responsibility at the end of the day when you all of a sudden have got these people mm. who want to learn from you. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it really helped me just not charging for it, really helped me to um, build up my own confidence, but then also giving people a chance to, you know, explore, obviously. And maybe p some people who would have never thought they would try a yoga class. Um, which was really nice because I think of very often if you if you um, teach in a yoga studio, um, there's a certain set of people that go to a yoga studio, and this is also why I continue down this route of hiring a venue, even once I started charging for my classes, um, because I just love uh, the, all those the different people that come to the class that would have never stepped a foot in a in a yoga studio otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I think that's you know, I think that's going to be a really hot topic uh, in the yoga community for the next few years. I mean, I, mm. I see it quite a lot because sometimes the work that we do actually, uh, some yoga teachers find quite challenging in you know just trying to look at online yoga teaching. Um, and in our first interview that we did with Ali, you know, we discussed that you know you can't teach everything online, but there are some sort of online stuff that you can do. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that um, you know that idea of um, using, you know, a cheap venue to get kind of cheap classes to be able to give yourself that confidence actually, you know, before you then go and charge, I, I think that does really, really work because, uh, you know, a lot of this kind of, you know, very popular new wave kind of yoga is quite intimidating for people. If you're not mm. from that world, um, you know, it, it, it can be quite intimidating. And I think that there is a real opportunity with this kind of online teaching and, it, you know, what you're doing, which is, you know, offering, you know, in, in some way, some cost effective opportunities to start. Um, mm. and, and, and you, you think that's really helped, not just in terms of you, but do you think that there was a lot of, um, you know, uptake in terms of people actually coming to sample a, a free or a reduced price class and then staying along with you? Um, yes, definitely. So I did. Uh, it's it's funny actually, um, because I I do have a I had a little bit of both. So there was this point, obviously, when I then started charging for classes. Um, obviously, by then, you know, it was six months into teaching, so I was quite I was very comfortable, and so the style from then on obviously didn't change anymore. But then from one day to the other, obviously, people had to pay. So that's obviously quite different for from their point of view so yeah. some people stayed because they enjoyed it but I also had some people who said um, 
really sorry, but I can't afford it or I, you know, I, I can't, yeah, I can't afford it basically. Mm -hmm. Um, but funny enough, I had much more people joining the class once I started charging for them. Oh, new people. Which was very interesting. New people. Yes. That is interesting. Um, That is interesting because I, I do think that, um, the the value that the money that you attach to it, it it kind of shows people that you know this is obviously valuable and it must be good and you know I like to pay for things so I'll do it yeah. so that was interesting I got a I got a whole new set of clients um, basically that probably wouldn't have come to a free class yeah which is also you know interesting yeah so um, so that's a great thing we can ask there. Um, I'd like to ask, you know, how did you find those first students? What was it that you did um, to get in front of those people, to get them to know about your class? Mm. I mean, because I did the free classes, a lot of it was word of mouth. Um, Well, some of it. Um, The biggest thing, number one, was my website. Um, So because I had the blog, because I updated it regularly, uh, I, I could then, you know, just build a, a classes page and I'm not a web designer. So, you know, my uh, I do things myself, but it's, you know, it's quite simple. Yeah. And um, but it works and it showed up in Google um, because of that, I think, mainly because of the blog. Um, and, and, you know, that's how I got lots of people. And that's how I continue to get lots of people to the class, because you know, that's the first thing you do, isn't it? If you look for a yoga class, you go on the internet. Um, and then there's, the second one would uh, probably be Facebook. So I did some, in the beginning, maybe not so much. I do it more now with workshops and, and things I want to um, make people aware of. So I do more Facebook advertising now also because I didn't want any, to spend any money back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how I basically got the first people to come to my class. Amazing. Now, I'd like to point out at this point uh, that, you know, that is literally what we would teach. Like, I could not have put it better myself. So one thing that I've noticed about your website, Christine, having a look, is um, that what you've done very cleverly is in most of your um, pages and stuff like that, you have your location. So you have the title, you know, you have your town in most mm-hmm. of your pages. Yep. And what you're doing by updating your blog regularly is it's a technical thing. It's called crawling. And basically what that does is when you update your website, Google then comes back and sees what's going on. But because you're continually updating it and because you're continually using um, your location within what we call the metadata, what's happening is when people are searching for yoga classes in your area then you're absolutely right you're coming high up on google and you know because you've got regularly updated content it looks like your brand is big and great and yes you've built the website yourself but it looks great you know these um tools that are out there to build it are brilliant um and you're then able to you know capitalize on that um seo search engine optimization and get people into your classes uh then obviously you know following it up with social media, building that engagement, and now you're exploring Facebook advertising is brilliant. You know, that's, you know, absolutely how to market digitally 101. It doesn't have to be complicated. You know, 
I mean, how many, I'm going to, this is a good question. How many hours do you think you spent building the website? And now on average, how many hours do you spend maintaining it? Oh my goodness. Uh, that's a <laughs> difficult question. Um, I have rebuilt it several times. Of course. I have to say. <laughs> I've rebuilt my website four times in a year, so I know exactly that pain. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I started out on uh, Weebly on just a free yeah. hosted yeah, um, website and then it didn't work so well with the blog. Um, so then I transferred over to WordPress. And um, then I, unfortunately, um, I wasn't very careful with the web designer I chose. Oh, dear. <laughs> I have to say. Um, so, yeah, it, what they did is they, they made me a nice website. I, I just wanted someone to transfer my blog over onto WordPress. That was the whole thing. I, you know, I knew I could do all the rest myself. I didn't need anything fancy. Yeah. Um, but because I couldn't do that, that technical stuff, and I would have probably lost everything, I... I um, asked someone else to do it, but then they made something really complicated for me in, in WordPress um, that just basically once there was a WordPress update, it, it all went pear shape and then, you know, yeah. I couldn't use it anymore. Yeah. Um, so then I had to rebuild it again um, on WordPress and, you know, you know, obviously the more you do it, the quicker you get at these things. Of course. Um, but... Honestly, to get started, it what it takes a few hours. That's all, isn't it? Yeah. And then um, it, it depends on now. I, I've come to a point, obviously, because I offer more things. I offer, um, I've done an, an online yoga course. I do yoga for scoliosis. I do family yoga. I do, um, you know, different styles of yoga that my website um, has evolved. And I've just basically added lots and lots of new things um and i've come to a point where i honestly have to redo it again <laughs> but i think once once it's there um you know if you're just offering local classes it doesn't it hardly takes any time to you know write a blog post now and then obviously to to keep it up up to date and all of that all of that but it doesn't need lots and lots of hours of attention um i mean obviously i need to up, update wordpress once in a while mm -hmm. and my plugins and all of that but it it, it also depends on how much um time and energy and interest you you've got in in this and i do because i come from a sales and marketing background i do enjoy all of that stuff i do enjoy building the website i i enjoy you know figuring things out and um, and all of that, but I, but I also know a lot of yoga teachers who scream when they hear anything about, you know, website and online and, oh, I can't do this. But honestly, if you can, you know, make a PowerPoint presentation or create a little something on, on Word, you'll be able to build your own website as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing, you know, now the skill requirement for building something that's simple and effective is a lot lower than it was even just a few years ago um, mm. 
I mean, Christine, you use what we use actually, which is Thrive Themes. Um, you know, uh, which is a sort of this plugin that goes onto a WordPress website, which makes things drag and drop and quite easy to use. Um, but it's conversion focused as well, which allows you to, you know, be able to build. Uh, an email list or you know start booking people into classes and stuff like that so you know there are these things out there that really do help um, you know give you access to that w one question I do have for you um, in your experience you know speaking with other yoga teachers a lot of what I hear is there's a um, I don't know almost a hesitation around doing their own sales and marketing not just because it's not their favorite thing to do in the world or because they, they don't know how to do it, um, but because they feel like there's some sort of like, um, sort of like a juxtaposition between teaching yoga and trying to turn it into a, into a sustainable business. Mm -hmm. As someone that is like, you know, making a real business out of it and progressing, where do you kind of fit in within your opinions around that idea? Um, well, in terms of, of marketing, I, I understand that because I, um, I was always good at promoting other people and, and hotels and stuff. But when it comes to yourself, that's, uh, that's very different. And I, you know, I, I don't feel, you know, always, uh, great talking about myself and, you know, uh, whatever how amazing I am and all of that. I feel very uncomfortable doing that actually so it's always easier to promote someone else yep, I think I agree and yeah from a from a business point of view yes I know there's a there's a lot of people who um, who think yoga and business and all of that doesn't go together but at the end of the day it's it's an exchange of energy I'm giving something so um, you know this is it's a very natural thing to get something back and in the beginning obviously of my teaching journey that wasn't even money it was just people coming to my classes and nowadays um, it will it, it is money obviously so I'm obviously um, making a living of it and and at the end of the day I I have a family I I need to be secure uh, my kids need to be secure. They need to eat. They need to have shoes and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with that, basically. No, I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. I, you know, mm. I, I think that as long as you're a conscious business owner, uh, I think then, mm. I mean, I think that really is the key. Like, I'm not anti-capitalist in any way. I'm anti-greed. You know, I think mm. that you should be able to start a business in any field, you know, um, that's beneficial to society. Run that business as profitably as you can. Hire as many people as you can. Have a really positive effect on the uh, local economy. Then have a positive effect on the global economy by doing things differently, you know, affecting people at that level at their place of employment. And then especially if you're working in a human to human environment, which let's be honest, most of us are. But, you know, in particular with teaching yoga, I think you have a real responsibility to make sure that it is a sustainable life, that you're happy because you will take that energy. If you're, you know, if you're struggling for money and you're in a negative space going to teach yoga, that I think that's quite, you know, 
you know, that's some, you know, tough, tough to, things to face, you know, that's very difficult yeah. to leave that at the door. Um, so, yeah, I'm very much, you know, pro getting yoga teachers to reinvest in themselves. And, you know, like you say, as for marketing yourself, like actually having a difficulty with being okay, like selling yourself. I mean, I think that's a journey we take every day, isn't it? Yes, yeah, absolutely. And it's also, um, yeah, it's a big step um, taking or it, yeah, it makes a big difference once you start taking yoga from something that you do for yourself uh, to making it your business and making it work. Um, as you say, when you if you come from a negative place and and it's very tricky, I think I was in a fortunate position, obviously, because I was when I started teaching, I was you know, just leaving my other job, but, you know, really my kids were at home, so I was also looking after them, which was my job at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, my husband was, was working, so I didn't rely on this money from teaching straight away. Um, and I think this, this is a, a very difficult thing. I think when people just say, okay, I'm going to quit my job and be a yoga teacher. And then you all of a sudden have to make money. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it makes the teaching very difficult. As you say, if you come from a place where, you know, there's negativity and, you know, there's pressure and all of that, um, it makes the teaching very difficult and it, it doesn't make it very enjoyable as well. Mm. Well, I think that's a tip for anybody that's looking to start any business. You know, if we called this podcast episode today, how to start a business, I think one of the first things that probably the both of us would advise is, you know, start in a place that's, you know, possible. Don't try, you know, don't throw all of your, you know, eggs into one basket, quit your job and decide you want to be a yoga teacher you know, create a side hustle, you know, work hard, work long, mm. you know, give yourself a base where you can take that pressure off yourself to succeed. Because, you know, any startup is, you know, it takes a few years to bet in. Mm. You know, even if you have a really great start, it doesn't guarantee that you'll be able to grow. I mean, that's, you know, something that, you know, I've personally faced before a couple of times is you know once you have a good start how do you grow and I think that actually just taking that time and doing what you did which was great which was okay first of all I'm just going to write a blog I'm just going to talk about it then I'm going to offer a free class then I'm going to you know start worrying about how I'm going to grow my revenue uh, and I think you did it the absolute right way um, as we try and kind of you know my hope from this episode is that we're going to do two things, Christine. We're going to, one, inspire people to maybe start their own yoga business. Uh, and number two, inspire those at the very early parts of their journey to keep on going. You know, don't give up. Yeah. Um, so for, for those that are just starting out, you know, maybe they're uh, coming up to completing their qualification. They're thinking about what they're going to do. If you had to give three top tips for somebody just starting out, what would they be? Um, I would say, number one, get a mentor or, you know, be close to your yoga teacher. Um, it, somebody who has been doing this for a long time or maybe, you know, someone, a, a teacher, you know, a, a friend of yours. Or maybe somebody who isn't even a yoga teacher but has started their own business. 
um, I think it's really, really important to have someone to talk to about this. And um, I know this from just being employed for so long. It's, it's very, very different to being self-employed. Yeah. And uh, the, the first thing I did was um, just joining some network groups. And then I found one that, you know, I absolutely love and they're all like-minded um, women and uh you know they, they all come from different backgrounds but you know just bouncing ideas off each other and you know just keeping each other motivated mm. is is very important yeah great so that that would be one um definitely get a website i think that's kind of a no-brainer isn't it i don't know i think there's still some people who think oh i don't need a website yeah um, <laughs> maybe it's a case of um not just what not not just get a website but maybe get a website and have um some sort of intention behind it and follow through mm. yes yeah absolutely um and uh, around that as well um uh, social media presence i think is is just very important or you know that's the the world we live in and uh if you want to make it easier for yourself and some people are not comfortable with with sharing a lot on um, social media and and i i am aware that i do share especially with my children obviously i i do share quite a bit of my personal life mm. um, but at the end of the day you choose you are in control what you're sharing and what you're not sharing um, and and i think it it gives it helps people to get to know you um, it helps people to understand that, okay, she's not just a yoga uh, teacher, she's also a yoga student, so she also struggles with things, you know, she's also not, she's not perfect, she can't do the splits, you know, she can't put her <laughs> foot behind the head and, and, and all of this, she's also learning, and, and I think this is what um, really helps to um, build a connection and, and, and really help you to, to find those students that are just right for you for your class yeah I think just on that third point of getting some social media going I think the word there is authenticity you know it's mm -hmm. um there's more and more uh case studies coming out of um young uh Instagram influencers who are coming out and saying you know I have suffered from uh, mental health problems from dietary problems because I'm trying to maintain everything that this Instagram following has made me become and I can't do it anymore so I love what you're talking about when you're talking about social media and you're saying you know I can't do the splits I can't get my leg behind my head you know it's just I'm just gonna be me and that's enough I think sometimes when we enter the world of social media we do it with such expectations um, mm -hmm. but the thing is, you know, one, one of my favorite things I've heard is, you know, um, uh, don't worry about what others are, are thinking about you because you'll do all the negative thinking about yourself for all of them, you know, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you, you're going to be your biggest challenge. So just put it out there. Don't worry about what anyone else is thinking. Just, you know, be happy if you, with what yeah. you're doing and, yeah. I think one of the things you'll find when you do that is that you'll attract the right kind of people as well. You know, the people that will actually align with your core values rather than um, just like, you know, th hundreds of thousands of people of which 
the same 2,000 people would probably care whether or not the other 100 or 1,000 or whatever were there anyway. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And especially uh, the world of Instagram and yoga is, you know, yoga is very big on Instagram. And um, there are some, you know, people who obviously they can do all those amazing things and you, you start looking at them and think, oh, my goodness, I'm never going to be able to do this. And um, is my teaching going to be worse because I can't do this? And, um, you know, there's there's a fine line of this becoming really negative um to actually making the best of it and, and use it and i think it's something you kind of need to learn and experience yeah i mean i think i can offer us one insight here into that world uh, you know i've spoken with a a number of um highly followed instagram yoga influencers and i can tell you right now without any shadow of a doubt for first-hand knowledge they are struggling as much as anybody else mm. you know yes they put out these beautiful pictures but that doesn't equal money in the bank. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that the yoga studio they're teaching at is going to pay them on time. It, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not going to have insurance scares. Like all of these things that every yoga teacher in the world faces, like these guys do too. Um, and I know because I've spoken with them about it. So that was a good, um, that was a good uh, set of three there for new people. that are just kind of yeah. just by getting started. Just um, instead of just three, like what's, you know, if you had to give a piece of advice for somebody who is, um, they've done it, they've got their business, they've got their website, they've got their, you know, their branding and stuff, they're teaching their first set of classes and they want to, you know, bed down, they want to, you know, start that process of making this their living, what would you say is the best way to kind of keep moving forward and, and build momentum into their business? Um, yeah, I, I think... I think the most important thing is really to honor the journey. Um, a lot of us come out of yoga teacher training and basically we're completely overwhelmed and we know how little we know, yeah. actually. <laughs> and um, and there's a lot of pressure of, of you know, I, I want to be a yoga teacher. I have to be a great yoga teacher. Well, you're probably not going to be a great yoga teacher straight away. But that's okay. You know, we're, we are all going through this journey and you will attract different people throughout your yoga journey. And you will, as a new yoga teacher, you will attract different students to a yoga teacher who's been teaching for 20 years. Yeah, of course. And that doesn't matter. You know, you, you just take them on your journey. And, and as long as you stay authentic, you you do what, what you know and you teach what you know and you stay with your own yoga practice um it's all going to be fine that's it basically amazing okay well i think that's a great place to wrap up here so uh today christine talked us through um how she started off using a blog and free classes um how she used you know finding her own cheap venue to build that class you know core class people and then moving them onto a, you know a new payment structure getting loads of new people coming in through using website um, blogging to be able to really build a local presence then you know pushing that through social media um, her top three tips were uh, getting a mentor you know get yourself a website but make sure that there's an intention behind it and that you're updating it regularly 
then move that into a social media presence that is authentic. And for those of you who have made that step and you're just you know, moving into your beginning part of your journey as a yoga teacher, just remember to honor the journey. Um, Christine, thank you so much for joining us today. I am sure there's going to be a ton of questions. So where can the good listeners find you and reach out and say hello? Um, yes, absolutely. Come and say hello. <laughs> Um, so you'll find my blog and my website at um, yogaberry.net and then I'm on Instagram as yogaberry.uk, um, Twitter, yogaberry.uk and same thing for Facebook as well. Amazing. Well, what we'll do is we'll make sure that we link all of those in the show notes, um, which will be available at the usual place of consciouscreatives.co dot uk forward slash podcast and you can then uh join um christine in some great conversations around how to start a business obviously her journey has been brilliant and i know that christine will be very excited to help out as well um so that brings us to the end of the episode again christine just want to say a quick thank you for joining us today and for giving us all of that amazing insight uh, like I said, I know that we wanted to inspire people today and I'm sure we have done that. Um, so thank you again and have a wonderful day, everybody listening. Thank you.